Hey, welcome to our Dead Talk, the place where we discuss all shows and comics within the Walking Dead universe. I'm Colleen. And I'm Jeremy. Today's podcast, we're discussing The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 2, titled Akron Part 2. The air date, August 29th, 2021. The plot for the second episode is, Maggie's mission takes the team through a subway tunnel, challenged by lurking walkers and a recalcitrant Negan. With Eugene's group, Yumiko seeks answers about her brother and demands expedited processing into the Commonwealth. Before we start, we want to give a big spoiler warning. We'll be talking about the entire episode during this podcast, so obviously there will be spoilers for you if you haven't watched the episode yet. You've been warned. Alright, so we gave you the plot. You know what happens in this episode. We both definitely love how this episode starts off exactly how the last one ended. Yes. Right where the last one ended. Mm -hmm. uh, With Maggie hanging off the back of the... The train. the train, yeah. And I really like that they added in there. You could just faintly hear her say, Negan! Mm-hmm. So, like, dang. Then they it's like a shot from underneath, so you can see the train tracks. Mm-hmm. But they have her yelling for Negan, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I think you pointed out that they have a shot from above mm-hmm. with all the walkers kind of coming on top of Maggie. Yeah. Just before she crawls underneath the train, much like Glenn. Yeah, it was very reminiscent of Glenn. Yeah, the above shot of Glenn just before he gets eaten by the the walkers and then he crawls underneath the the dumpster. Well, he didn't get eaten by the walkers. Well, just before. He almost. Almost, yeah. Like, we didn't know what the heck happened to Glenn. Now we're obviously going back a couple seasons uh, ago with the dumpster situation. Now Mm -hmm. that episode, which at some point when Jeremy and I, when we do our rewatch, we'll eventually get into uh, that episode and doing a podcast for that one. And we'll, we'll obviously talk about that that more but they let us hang from what i remember Holy they let us crap. hang for a couple weeks before we oh, found no. out what happened to glenn it was like a whole season wasn't it i don't know if it was a I whole don't remember, season but it was a long time but i do remember being at work and talking to some other co-workers that watched the walking dead mm-hmm. and we couldn't believe that it was they were taking so long to give us the answer on if glenn was alive or not mm-hmm. but like i said we'll talk about that in another podcast when we yeah. get to that episode yeah, so yeah, yeah. it'll be a while before that podcast airs because we're probably going to do like one episode a week kind of deal mm-hmm. so it's going to be a little bit but still go back to the current uh season 11 <laughs> episode 2 it was pretty cool and that was yeah. one hell of an opening and then they jumped right into the intro music so it was like wow yeah wow now obviously i love maggie i don't want her to die but if i were negan and i'm just going to let somebody fall to their death I'm not just going to turn my back and assume everything went to plan. Right. What the hell? Like, Yeah, I know. Did he have a gun at this point? I don't know if he even had the gun. Uh, I don't remember. I don't think he had a gun because we see later in this episode that Maggie hands him a gun. Yeah. So I don't believe he had a gun. I think he just had a crowbar and mm. probably some sort of knife on him somewhere. Well, maybe. I don't know. Not to... I, I didn't think about that, but like, if he were to like bend down and then like smack her in the head with a crowbar. Dude. That would have been brutal as all heck. I mean, I'm glad he didn't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad we didn't kill off Maggie. I love Maggie. Yeah. I want to see more of her. Mm-hmm. But if he was just going to let her die anyway. Yeah. He should have finished, finished the job. Finished the job. See, know? I know. Like, but, you know. I agree. I didn't want Maggie to die, and I didn't want her to die that way, especially Negan. Just cold blood murder her. Mm-hmm. Um, especially all these years of him working on himself and improving and him being out of the cell that they put him in and all that. Yeah. I don't think that he would have been... I don't I don't think he would go back to that. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about, too, is, like, if Negan... <laughs> if, if Maggie did die... Mm-hmm. If Maggie did die, Negan would have been responsible for both of... Ooh, Herschel's, Herschel's parents. parents. Dang. And then he would have gotten back. 
And then would he be helping to take care of Herschel? Mm. How would he, like, get around? Like, people know about Glenn. Glenn. Mm-hmm. But they they wouldn't know about Maggie. No, yeah, that so would be he would he would him. know that. I don't know how he would deal with that. I don't know. And I feel like Negan isn't the same hard ass that he was years ago. You yeah. know? I feel like he's softened up, and I also wonder if he doesn't really know Herschel at this point because in the timeline Maggie's probably only back for a few days so far. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if Negan thinks about Judith because he got really close with Judith, so he would probably think. Oh man, what would Judith think of yeah. this? Would, would she be disappointed in me? Yeah, yeah, that's a good quote. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Something, to, something to think about. Yeah, and I know uh, you talking about the crowbar and stuff with, with Maggie. He had, so everybody gets into the train car. Like they all enter the train car from the, from the ceiling, and there's like a hatch of some sort. And then they all start clearing the walkers, mm-hmm. and Negan gets in there, and he looks guilty as all heck. Yeah. But he also, uh, I have here, like, he also doesn't look happy. No, he about doesn't. It. Like, no. he doesn't look happy. He doesn't look like he, uh, what do you say? Like the, the cat that ate the canary? Yeah, I actually have that in my notes for, oh, for something else later down the episode. Oh, okay. The cat that ate the canary. Yeah, uh, but he, he doesn't well, look like he's happy about mm, the situation. No. Either he's not sure whether he got away with it, or he's just genuinely like, man, I really didn't want to do that. Yeah. But, but also, now what do I do? Yeah. He also, like, probably really felt that she was a liability. Yeah, yeah. It might not have just been to cover his own ass. Mm -hmm. Like, it might have been, yeah, she's she's a loose cannon right now. She's Mm going to get other people killed. I mean, obviously, she's trying to kill me. Yep. But she's going to get other people killed. Uh, Yeah, yeah. She already almost did. How, what do you mean? Well, um... The oh, when they ca- were going yeah. through the tunnel, yeah. yeah in, in episode one, Cage, she almost got Cage killed. Gage. Oh, Gage. Yeah. Cage. Johnny Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Gage. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, so they're trying to clear the walkers. They get down there, and one of the guys, I think it was Duncan, I think that was his name, uh, he made a comment about the doors are rusted shut because they're mm. trying to open them. And then, uh, yeah, Negan looks super freaking guilty, and someone asks, like, where's Maggie? And then Negan ends up saying that she was right behind me. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of go into a conversation. I think Alden tries to go back up the hatch to see if he can go get her. And then someone stops him and is like, no, she wouldn't want us to do that. And I I see the point of that because she would probably know, well, if they come searching for me, they're going to risk their lives. And she's been in the, she's been around the block enough to know. It's just, you got to move forward and get the mission done. And I think she'd be willing to, she wouldn't be. At this point, yeah. I don't think she would be hurt that they didn't come looking for her. Yeah. I think she would rather they not come looking for her. Yeah, she'd probably understand. Yeah. Did you make a note about the sleeping walkers in the train at all? No, I didn't. I didn't. But, yeah, they had some of the sleeping walkers in that train, too. Like, they weren't so much sleeping as they were just chilling, I guess. I'm calling them sleepers. Okay. But, chilling sleeping walkers. What do you think they dream about? <laughs> Brains. <laughs> Guts. Flesh. Flesh. <laughs> Mmm, flesh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now our next scene that we're at is with Dog and Daryl. And I like the transition from everybody down in the train to Daryl because they had, I think it was Negan, trying to pry open one of the doors to get to the next train car. And as he's trying to pry it open, then in like, it's like if you blink, you miss it. They had Daryl breaking down one of the brick walls. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool trans- transition. I liked that. Yeah, they had the same color grading and everything like that. And mm-hmm. it shows that... You know, Negan can't open a real door, but Daryl can open up a, <laughs> a concrete wall. wall. 
It's like, terrible. there's no door here. <laughs> there should be a door. Let me get my crowbar. I'll make my own. Dog. <laughs> get my crowbar. And then once Daryl gets into that subway tunnel, train tunnel, uh, he sees a spray-painted wall and it says, it comes for us all. There's a lot of like weird cryptic things up on that wall. Yeah. And there's just a lot of weird things in this subway tunnel. Like, I have a lot of questions. And are they going to answer these questions? Uh, yeah, I... <sighs> Are you talking about, like, the body with the the arm chopped off? Yeah, with the money. Bag? Yeah, he had, like, stacks. Uh, it looked like a guy. His arm was handcuffed mm-hmm. to, it looked like a suitcase, and but his arm was chopped off at, like, the elbow area. Yeah. So his arm with that was handcuffed was laying on the ground, and the stacks of $100 bills were in the suitcase that was next to him. Yeah. So they went through all the trouble to remove this guy's arm yeah. to open up the case. I'm assuming they knew that there was money in there. Yeah, but then, then they left all the money. Yeah, unless they were inundated by walkers. Maybe. But like, what are these people down there from? Are they from the original fall? Yeah. Like from everything going to shit because. They Again, that was there. a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, a very long time ago. And then later on in this episode, Yumiko kind of calls out the Commonwealth and the the two uh, interrogator peoples, mm-hmm. uh, people, and she basically talks about the currency being the U.S. dollar. Mm. So do these people have some sort of tie with the Commonwealth? Yeah. And then, like, Daryl sees some of the uh, other spray paint things on the wall with the crown, the people wearing the crowns, and Truth Lies was another thing over the spray yeah. paint area with the people wearing the crown and it seemed like people were fighting each other for the crowns what, yeah oh, well, that, yeah there's that too what if they were yeah what if these are people that were fleeing from the commonwealth huh oh maybe and then they're if they knew that the u.s dollar was their currency mm-hmm. maybe they wanted to take as much money from the commonwealth as they possibly could mm. i wonder I don't know. But then Daryl ends up... I think there was a part... Dog found the bag with... Or Dog found a person over there, a walker that was sleeping. Yeah. I think that was later, though. That was a little bit after the next scene with, like, Princess and stuff. Dog needs more training, by the way. (laughs) He just runs off. Like, he... Yeah. You gotta be able to, you know, say, heal! Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think last episode you had said, like, you know, Dog's really trained until he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Until he's not. He does listen to Daryl, and then all of a sudden he just does his own thing, and it's like there's no talking to Dog, and he's just gone. I mean, I think of those military dogs, and, like, they are... Super trained. On the spot. When you say something, they just do it automatically, no matter what they're doing. Yeah. But, you know, it's Dog. Yeah. Daryl ended up finding some sort of bag, and it was a clear bag with some snacks in it, and then there was a $100 bill. And it's whoever owned the bag, their young children, wrote a note on the $100 bill. And it's interesting how, to us, a $100 bill, that, that's quite a bit of money. Oh, yeah. But in this world, apparently, or at least to these kids, they just use it as scrap paper. So they wrote, yeah. like, a note onto the, for their dad, and it was something like, Dear Dad, uh, you always said that if you didn't come back in a week to move on. We went looking. It's been three weeks, so we're going. I'll watch Jesse and turn on the radio every day at 10. See you both soon. Love, Tom and Jesse. And then Daryl pulls out a Polaroid of two little kids, and the picture is one of the kids is holding a little bunny rabbit, mm-hmm. like a stuffed, uh, stuffed animal, and that was also the one that Maggie picked up on the train tracks yeah, in the so previous episode. They obviously didn't get very far. Yeah, I mean, unless they dropped the bunny. But again, it's... If they were originally from the beginning of the fall, that's mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Yeah. So those kids looked like they were in, like, single-digit age. So they might be in their 20s right now. Mm-hmm. Like, so we don't know. I mean, they could have made it. Maybe. But their bunny is just yeah. down there. 
Now, um, I know we're talking about spoilers from way earlier, but I know um, you had made a comment about this scene where they're talking about the radio and calling every every yeah uh, mm-hmm. every day every day at the same time yeah uh, very much like Rick and Morgan and Morgan yeah yeah from the first season yeah and I'm sure everyone listening probably remembers that because that's a pretty a pretty big thing that was the first I episode. think it was either the first or the second episode yeah it was definitely the first season. That was the first, no, I think that, yeah, it yeah, well, was definitely first season. You might be right, it might be the first episode, because I think the first episode ends with Rick getting stuck in that, the tank. Mm-hmm. So, and then Glenn, that's when Glenn yeah. chimes in. Hey, dumbass. <laughs> now we're at, um, with Princess and Yumiko, they're sitting at a table together, and they're talking about everything going on, and they both seem pretty stressed out. Uh, and then I guess uh, one of the guards walks by and Princess kind of feels like she knows that we tried to leave last night. And then, because I guess she keeps looking over at them. Yeah. And Yumiko's like, she doesn't know that we just tried to leave. It it seems like just an intimidation thing. or you know, It seems like a guard thing. Probably, yeah. Like I'm watching you. Yeah. They're talking about the photo board and Yumiko wants to talk to someone about it. Trying to figure out where her brother is. If yeah. he's probably still alive he's with the commonwealth whatever that's hard that's that's tricky because i mean she doesn't know how long that photo has been up right so i mean she is taking a big risk trying to find him he might not even be there mm-hmm. anymore that could have been years ago yeah we don't know how long but i understand like i, I would totally have to take that chance i would right? too yeah i would definitely want if i if i saw a loved one's picture on there because really when you think about it when we're this far into the apocalypse who knows how many mm. people that you knew before everything went to crap, how many people that you knew are totally gone. Yeah. So if you found a picture of anybody that you knew in that previous life, it's like you yeah. definitely would want to try and find them. And again, the Commonwealth doesn't seem like they're malicious so far. So far. They're definitely trying to throw some intimidation stuff intimidation, at Intimidation. They're very, very cautious. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of, yeah, again, intimidation. Yeah, lots but, of uh, that. Yeah, they're not torturing them or anything like that. Yeah. Eugene ends up coming over to the table that Yumiko and uh, Princess are sitting at, and Eugene starts really freaking out, and he comes to the table, and he's saying that Ezekiel's been taken, and he can't find him, mm. and yeah, they're basically, all three of them start to get pretty nervous, uh, and then Yumiko keeps kind of stressing to them to stick to the story, stick to the mm. story, and then I think it was something Eugene may have said, it kind of like made her jump up off, off the table, or off her chair, and she goes over to talk to one of the guards, and she's kind of getting in the face of one of the guards, and says that she wants to speak to whoever she answers to yeah, and then I turns love, into a karen yeah she turns into a karen and i love when princess sorry is like, sorry if anybody out there is named karen listening <laughs> yeah, to this it's just a common phrase now yeah poor karens of the world sorry <laughs> but uh, i love that princess is like that's right we want to talk to the manager and she starts like moving her hand around and stuff it's pretty cute <laughs> We go over to Yumiko being placed back in one of the rooms, mm-hmm. and she's talking to the interrogators again, like the guy that's taking getting the notes. Ballsy, she is, and mm-hmm. she's—I feel like she's just getting super fed up. Like she's kind of just like, "F it, I'm just yeah. going for it now." We were—I I think she's still gonna stick to the story. She's still gonna protect the group of her people that's there right now, as well as everyone else at their settlement and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think she's definitely fed up. Yeah, she's she's showing that she's not stupid too. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. look, I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. I see what you guys are doing. I, you guys think you're analyzing me. Oh. I'm analyzing you just as much. Dude, I loved when she said that. That guy, that kind of gave me chills when she yeah. said, "Oh, you think you've been assessing me? Oh no, dear, I've been the one assessing you." And then she kind of called it. Well, I don't know if she called it, but the girl definitely seemed to get 
kind of taken aback. Oh, yeah. When Yumiko, they both did. Yeah, when Yumoko kind of said, like, you must have been a forensic psychologist, and the other guy taking the notes was possibly some sort of researcher. And They, they, didn't, they didn't correct her. They so I didn't. wonder if she, she was, like, spot on, or were they like, eh, you're close. Yeah, probably pretty close. It sounds like she could have been close. Yeah. And then I liked uh, Mercer coming in with the coffee. I don't know, like, Mercer. I like this character. Even though he's a quote-unquote bad guy right now. Because we don't really know who right. who he is and, yeah. and what he's standing for. He's definitely a hard ass. Mm-hmm. But we see a lot of compassion coming from him, too. Yeah. Yeah, later in the episode with Eugene, I, I have some notes that I want to talk about when we get to mm-hmm. that point about him seeming to be kind of compassionate. I like this scene where Yumiko is just really starting to call him out. And I feel like you have to be a certain type of person to be able to be a lawyer. And you have to be, you have to have a, a thick skin and a good spine and I feel like she's kind of bringing back her lawyerness with this because yeah. it kind of does it does take some balls to go against these people when they're super intimidating like that yeah and I do like she mentions her brother being a thoracic surgeon and then that's when the that's when Mercer comes in and he comes in with a coffee like mm-hmm. you mentioned and I like that she smiles because she knows she's a badass at that yeah. point like she kind of knows that okay am I did I just become get accepted kind yeah. of like I'm going to knock down these dominoes like a house of cards. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> wow, that was a lot of different things. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Yumiko's brother being a thoracic surgeon. And for those of you that don't know that thoracic surgeons, they typically operate on like the heart, lungs, and esophagus, and the major blood vessels inside the chest, as well as the bony structures and tissues that form and support the chest cavity. I, I kind of already knew what a thoracic surgeon was. I had no idea. But I kind of wanted to get a better definition so i didn't just ramble forever trying to explain what it is but that brings me to think well i just had this thought now i know we kind of discussed the thoracic surgeon thing before but that made me think if they operate on the vessels and everything like that in your chest area including your esophagus could they possibly if if her brother's alive and if he is a surgeon and he's he's currently practicing medicine within the commonwealth if he could possibly treat Ezekiel. Oh. Because they might have the technology, like the actual technology for doing radiation treatments and chemotherapy treatments. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. So yeah. maybe Ezekiel could be saved. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. But then we had also talked about earlier with the thoracic surgery. Could he be doing any sort of research on the apocalypse? Like what caused the zombie outbreak? Right. Because we kind of, I was like, oh, I wonder if they could do anything... I figured they would be working on, obviously, the chest cavity, so then it would work on the spine a little bit, and then with the spine, the spinal cord. And that's why, where they're kind of saying the zombie apocalypse kind of really affects yeah. your brainstem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if he could be part of a research team to do with that. I, I, would, I would probably imagine so. Wouldn't Especially with this, this commonwealth. I'm sure they have the resources. Mm-hmm. And, and think about it. We're in the last season. Yeah. So I wonder if that's how they're going to take it. Are they going to freaking cure the apo- like the zombie apocalypse? Either cure it or I wonder if they're just going to leave us hanging. Like, what the heck? Because ah. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to find out. We still have the show The World Beyond. That's yeah. going to be a whole ten episodes. Yeah. And then we're supposedly still getting that episode, or I'm sorry, that movie with Rick Grimes. I hope so. So, and if, if he was taken by helicopter, which in a coming... Did you see the preview for yeah. some of the upcoming season yeah, with yeah, The yeah. Walking Dead? I think her name was it Janice. Janice? 
Janice? She was J- with the garbage. Jadis. Jadis, you're right, Jadis. With the, the garbage people. Yeah. She was there and she was the one. Even a shorter haircut. <laughs> yeah, even a shorter if that was possible. But, well, it was possible because she could have shaved it. But, yeah, she was in the preview. Yeah, that and, was cool. Yeah, and for those of you that remember or don't remember, whatever, she was accompanying Rick when mm-hmm. he was kind of blown off the, the bridge at that scene when Rick kind of left the show and he got mm-hmm. taken in the helicopter. She's the one that called. And with the, like, I have an A or a B. Yeah. I was just going to say, did we find out I yet? I don't think yet. Did they drop any hints? I don't think so. What an A and B in, mean? In the last couple of episodes, have we found out? Because they're with the Commonwealth now. Yeah, but we, yeah. Yeah, we were with the first episode, too. I was yeah. thinking more of just, we were kind of in the subway tunnel. But you're right. Yeah, we were with the Commonwealth mm. for the first episode. But I haven't heard anything about A and Bs yet. Mm. We might find out more. I'm hoping Pretty we soon. find out more. That'd be interesting. Yeah, and I think this this first half of the season will probably end. I think it was like somewhere in the middle of October, and then we'll probably if they do it like normal, like before COVID, they used to end in or no, they used to start in October and I think end in November and then pick back up in like February, March or something. So mm-hmm. I wonder when they're gonna restart everything again. I'm hoping we're gonna start getting some answers. Me too. It's gonna be crazy. So now we're with Eugene and Princess again. And Princess really has to pee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so she gets up and she thinks she could hold it. But then she's like, nope, I can't hold it now that I start thinking about it. So she gets up and she goes over to the guards and asks if she can go pee. And she must have thought that she had to go outside because she was like, wait, you have toilet paper? So mm-hmm. I think that was a bit of a shock because when was the last time they probably used toilet paper in this apocalypse? Yeah. And I, I wonder if that was another callback to 2020. Yeah. With how scarce it was with toilet paper. Jeez Louise. But I think at one point, I can't remember when it happened. It must have been before she left Eugene to go and ask about the bathroom because I think Eugene, he's getting super freaking nervous at this point. Yeah. Like, he is sweating and he just looks so nervous. I'm surprised how nervous, I mean, I, I kind of am surprised how nervous he is because he's been through a lot. He has been. He has been. I mean, obviously he's not been the bravest character Mm-mm. in the show. No. But I'm surprised that he, he can't handle this a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I just, I wonder if, part of me wonders if it's a bit of a of, of a play. Like, if he's acting that nervous. Yeah, but I feel like he would later, let his guard down a little bit more around his friends. Yeah, but then maybe he's thinking because the guards are there. And the maybe. guards are pretty much always watching them. But I like when, I, I at one point, Princess says that if that fine-ass dude in orange, I think, took Yumiko in there yeah. kind of thing. Or he Mercy. just walked, yeah, if, if he just walked into the room, that everything must be going all right. But I wonder if that's a bit of a call to, uh, from, cause like Jeremy and I have already stated, we haven't read the comics yet besides just skimming parts of them, but I have heard that Princess and Mercer hook up. So yeah. I wonder if that was her little thing of, if that fine ass dude in orange, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're it's talking about. It's an interesting about. combo. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so straight, like he's a uh, very stoic, not stoic. What's the word I'm looking for? Stone faced. Oh yeah. He's very hard ass. Yeah. Yeah, and then she's, like, the complete opposite. She's, like, very colorful mm-hmm. and, like, off the wall. I don't know. What would their kids be like? <laughs> huh. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be interesting. Yeah. It, it, it'll, be inter- it'll be interesting to see because with the television show, they don't always stick with things with the comics. Yeah, that's true. And we haven't read, really, the comics yet, so I'm I'm really excited to start reading those. Yeah. But, yeah, going back to the toilet paper question, I mean, like, it does make sense, like... What did they wipe with this entire time if they didn't have toilet paper? Yeah, I don't know. I know, I think about that, I'm just like, how bad do they stink? Yeah. Not not only do the walkers reek, but, eesh. So they're using, like, 
fabric that they find or something. I don't know. I feel like they would run out of fabric to use after yeah. a while. I don't know, maybe leaves? But then what do they do in the winter? They have to figure something Apocalyptic out. Apocalyptic bidets. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe they have some sort of bidet system. But yeah. what do they do when they go out? Like on a mission, yeah. they don't have yeah. bidets or running water. Unless... Good, good band name, by the way, Apocalyptic Bidet. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> there we go. We'll start that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So after that, um, yeah, Eugene is just sitting there. He looks so freaking nervous, and he literally he's looking like the cat that ate the canary. Like I wish he would just chill a little bit because they have when Yumiko or not Yumiko when Princess goes out to use the bathroom, that one guard is left, and there, there's the two guards out there, and they kind of yeah. look at each other. And the one mm. guard is really looking over at Eugene. It makes mm-hmm. me think, Eugene, you got to calm down a little bit. You're looking like the cat that ate the canary. Got to play it cool. Yeah, he's looking way too freaking nervous. Then we're we're over to Daryl, and he's crawling in the tunnel looking for Dog. The people with Negan are still trying to pry open the train door, so they're kind of, I think, they're kind of bouncing between the two. They're bouncing between what's going on with Daryl and then what's going yeah. on with Negan and everybody Building, building up some uh, suspense mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And then when they're trying to pry open the door, Negan and everyone hears pounding. And they're like, I, I, I was confused at first, too. I was like, oh, my God, are there walkers on the, the roof now? How the yeah. hell do they get up there? And then we realized it oh, was Morse yeah. code. And yeah. Negan's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you get for not finishing the job. Yo, double tap. Yeah. If, if any of you are Zombieland, you will get that reference. Yeah, you got <laughs> double, double tap. tap. <laughs> Again, I, we don't want to see Meg gone. No. But... No. If Negan's going to do it, you might as well do it right. Yeah, you have to be smart about it. Uh, so, yeah, it ends up being Maggie. <laughs> oh, man, she cracked him hard with that gun. She kind of said her take on what happened, that Negan just left her there. And Negan was basically, yeah, like, so what? And then, Yeah, I love how blunt he is. Yeah, and then Gabe, Gabe is just like, you're just, so, you're just admitting it? And Alden's just kind of like, you tried to kill her? And Negan said, no, she was she was in trouble. I decided to not help. There's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I have written down here, um, yeah, it, it's just like Batman. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you either. Ooh, snap. Yeah, I loved that line in yeah. Batman. And yeah, this, this definitely works here, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... I don't blame Negan. And again, no. I like Maggie. I do. I like Maggie, so I'm not trying to want... To see, I, I don't want to see her dead. I really don't. Yeah. But I don't blame Negan either for just yeah. kind of being like taking the easy way out. He feels of. she's going to kill him. Yeah. And she's flying off the cuff. Mm-hmm. She's possibly going to get them killed or hurt or whatever. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to really care. She's She's gotten really cold. Yeah, she has. And Negan has kind of always been about self-preservation. So if Negan, oh, yeah. Negan kind of saw an out to that and... He wouldn't really have to answer too many questions, and it wouldn't be too obvious. It would, basically, it would be very easy to, for other people to accept the fact that, yeah, Maggie slipped, walkers got her. Mm-hmm. They knew the situation that was happening. They knew the walkers in, like inundated them at the train track, so it wouldn't be too far-fetched that that's actually what happened. But then they grab Negan, they pin him against the wall, and they're giving him a, a huge problem, and yeah. that pretty surprised actually that they didn't kill him right there me too me too that's another one that like wow like if they thought they were close to killing him earlier Mm -hmm. after admitting to letting maggie fall yeah possibly to her death yeah i I, they held back pretty well yeah they did and the one girl basically said maggie you give us the nod and we will take care of it and you could say you could see that the it was rolling in her head Mm -hmm. a little bit she Mm -hmm. was kind of contemplating it but 
then they get distracted because then they hear, help! <laughs> and it was Gage on the other side of the train car. And Negan actually seemed pretty, like, he's, I think he was like, kid! Like, yeah. he got kind of stressed out seeing Gage on the other side. And then they asked him, like, did you did you close the door when you were trying to run away? And he's yeah. like, oh, crap. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, crap. So you did not. And then I love Negan. He tries to go over to the train car door that Gage is stuck on the other side. He's like, Sasquatch. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sasquatch. Give me a hand. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. huh? so. what, okay, real, real quick. I don't have this written down, but what uh, what nickname do you think Negan would give you? Give me? Yeah. God, I don't, honestly, I don't even know. I didn't think about this either, so I have no answer yet. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't even tell you. I don't <laughs> hey, know. Pfft. Hey, pfft. yeah, pfft. <laughs> that'd be my nickname. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. Hmm. What do you think he would give you? First thing, I, only because I wear glasses. I'm thinking four eyes, but hmm. Mm, that's such a classic one, though. You think yeah, he'd really go no, that classic? No, he, he, would, he would definitely come up with something better. Yeah, I really don't know. I don't know what he would call me. Numb nuts. <laughs> I don't know why that one popped into my Wait, mind. Wait, but didn't Abraham say something about numb nuts? He said a lot or about bitch nuts. nuts. He yeah, said he, bitch I was gonna nuts. say he said a lot about nuts. See, I feel like if Negan and Abraham, well, if Negan oh. gave the chance for him to know our group of people, and I feel like he, he would have loved Abraham. Yeah, I feel like he and Abraham would have gotten along pretty well. I mean, in a sense of their humor, maybe, mm-hmm. but they both seem to be slightly dominant. Yeah. But Abraham seemed to be more willing to take, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ad, uh, not advice, but Mm-mm. commands. Yeah, commands. He would it, take, yeah. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like, he was such a big guy and he was he had a military background mm-hmm. and everything like that. But he did seem like he wanted to be told what to do. Sometimes it seemed that way, yeah. Because, I mean, he even though he was the one kind of calling the shots when he was with Eugene. Yeah. But... He wanted Eugene more or less to tell him where to go and what to do. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and he then, wanted to tell him. And then he hooked up with Rick. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Rick, I mean, not that Rick was, well, yeah, I don't know. He, he kind of fell under Rick's quote-unquote rule. Kind or, of you know, command. command. Yeah. yeah. Command's a better word for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good, uh, he's a good guy to... Good re- soldier. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly the word I was looking for. That's the better, that's a good word to use to just kind of summarize up what I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. So I wonder... Oh man, it's a shame that it's a shame that Negan took a freaking bat to Abraham too, because I feel like they would have. I think they would have been cracking dad jokes constantly together. <laughs> I feel like they would have been like the legit dad joke team. Yeah. Yeah. So we go over to Gage, and you know, I at first, honestly, like when Jeremy and I first watched it, I forgot who Gage was. I did. Oh, me too. Yeah, I forgot who he was. And then we watched it through, and um, I think we saw it on The Talking Dead, or maybe at the end where An- Angela King kind of talked about it, and he was one of the kids that came over to Lydia and kind of tried to beat her up um, during the Whisperer time and everything with that. So, ugh, I at first when we watched it, I was like, what the hell? They're just leaving this poor kid over there? Yeah. And they're calling him a coward? I'm like, what the hell? Why are they calling him a coward? Yeah. And then I realized what <laughs> was really Gabriel. happening. Gabriel. Yes. I was like, whoa, Gabriel yeah. is calling this guy a coward. Yeah, you think he's a freaking priest? Come on, man. Yeah, he's a priest. I have. Yeah, he's a priest. We know his background. Oh, we he know... was a coward, yeah. Oh, big time. Mm-hmm. And then, again, going back to the fact that he's a priest, not to think that, you know, uh, redemption or, like, second chances, right. you know, mm-hmm. I feel like he should... He should know better than to say, than to call somebody like that 
a coward. Right. And then just condemn him to death. Yeah, basically. And especially when, especially when we were first watching it, and I didn't remember at the time who he was, but then when it came back to me when I realized who he was, I kind of, kind of see the point. Yeah. But I still feel as though there was enough time oh, to yeah. get him out of there. Like, I feel like there was enough time for them to at least try to get the door open, even mm-hmm. if they told Gage... Yeah, just try and take out as many walkers as you can while we work on getting the door open. That could have yeah. been an option instead of just saying, nope, screw it, let yeah. him die. Well, that's, yeah, like when Gage calls Maggie a liar, uh-huh. were we saying that, you know, we think that's because she's like, no, we don't have enough time. Right. Do you think he's like, you're a liar, you're just letting me die mm-hmm. because you want, you know, you're killing me out of spite. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he did... We find out he did take the ammo bags, and I think the guy's name was Roy. He and Gage ended up running off with the supplies, the ammo bags, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see the group being pissed off, but to be that pissed off to let a kid like that mm-hmm. die, that's pretty messed up. And I know Alden tries to go up to the door and pry it open, and Maggie and a few others, I think even Gage grabs Alden and tells him, no, like, we're done, we're not, we're not going to do this. So they're basically just going to sit there and freaking watch this kid die. So yeah. then um, I heard the one scene, Negan was kind of leaning up against the door, or re- leaning up against the wall next to the door, it seemed, and he seemed disappointed. Like, he genuinely seemed oh. disappointed in Maggie's decision that yeah. they could have tried to save the kid, but yeah. they opted not to. And I still feel as though there was enough time. Yeah, time was a ticking, but if if they could have told Gage to turn around, take care of as many walkers as he could while they worked on the door and got him in, mm-hmm. and then closed the door somehow again, or propped it closed, they could have saved the kid Instead, he had to waste his time and plead with them to try and get the door open. Yeah. And, like, yeah, Negan looks at Maggie as if to say, uh, you're obviously the one calling the shots. Mm -hmm. This blood is on your hands. Basically. Or I also also thought he's looking at her like, you're not going to let me help him? Mm-hmm. Like really, really, this is what you're gonna do. This is what you're gonna do. This is how you're gonna play this out. You're not. Yeah. You're not gonna let us help him. Yep. It was yeah. For <laughs> Negan was like, damn, that's like, cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then yeah, the kid like Jeremy already said. He says liar, and then he stabs himself in the freaking heart twice. twice. Damn, that was that was a brutal. That was a brutal spot, and it seems like he looks right at Maggie while oh, he was stabbing yeah. himself. And while he was being taken down by the walkers. Yeah. And Alden seemed pretty upset. Yeah. yeah he, looked, he looked at Maggie as if to say, I'm not very happy with your decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am disappointed. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about, though, with Gage being stuck in that train car, maybe it's not every train car, maybe it's every other train car, whatever. Maggie came up through the floor, through a yeah. door. Was the could there have possibly been a door? A hole in the floor? Yeah. Yeah, there should have been. I mean, I would think there would be. Yeah, and of course, if he went in that, he would be going into the outside, and there's already a crazy amount of walkers out there. So maybe it wouldn't be that great of an idea. But it's worth a shot, I think. Mm -hmm. You know. But again, maybe it's just maybe it's not all all the train cars that have that and stuff. And I think there was something that you wanted to say about that scene, right? Well, I think. I think what you wanted to say that you're forgetting about right now is how much this scene with Gage being eaten by the walkers reminded oh. us of a couple I, I episodes wasn't sure, ago. Yeah, I wasn't sure if, if you wanted to say that. Oh, it doesn't, sorry, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah just how... It, it, it definitely reminded us of earlier on when we meet a kid named Noah. Mm-hmm. And we get to know him a little bit. And you get to care about him. Yeah, we, yeah, we got to care about him. Mm-hmm. And then the, one, of the, one of the most oh. horrific scenes... Yes! It, it wasn't necessary. No. <laughs> it was like... 
Was that necessary? Yeah, how brutal sh- they that made was it. Awful. And even I mean, Glenn, he was like, "Oh God, this is so horrible to watch." Like you could tell he didn't want to watch, but he kept watching. Yeah. And if- so there's yeah, there's a scene where Noah finally gets eaten by walkers, and it's definitely one of the most graphic mm-hmm. kills. Yeah. On The Walking Dead. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they. Like, In our opinion. Yeah, they like rip his face open just. Oh. And <laughs> all because of that dickhead Nick. I cannot stand that kid. He was Nick the dick. Nick the dick. He was. The he rubbed me the yeah. He was the Toby. You are the worst. No, he. Rem, I don't know. He just rubbed me the wrong way from the start yeah. when we first met him, and then he's probably a super nice guy. Oh, the actor. Yeah, oh, the, he's probably, the super, probably sweet. a super nice guy. Yeah. And like, not to comment on his physical appearance, but he looks like a rat. He just looks like he a, does like a snitch or just yeah, like all about himself. Like, yeah. yeah, you can't trust him and. Glenn didn't like him either, because, again, we'll go back to these episodes. Yeah, I don't want to get too yeah. much off topic. Yeah, but just that scene, that scene so much reminded us of this whole Gage situation that you could see him being eaten yeah. from. like Behind the, the glass. Yeah. Yeah, you're in, you're in a place of safety mm-hmm. watching somebody you, you care about. Yeah. At least to a certain extent. Yeah. Getting eaten by, just dying. You're yeah. just watching them. You're safe. Yeah. But you're there watching somebody in real time. Yeah. Getting eaten, yeah, is yeah, horrifying. Pff, horrifying, yeah. But again, there there is a difference between Noah and this Gage kid because Noah was an all around sweetheart. I don't remember him ever doing anything bad. He I don't remember. Had a, he had a couple of moments where we we're like, oh man, he's a little bit of a jerk. I think. Well, I don't he, know. He was, he was stealing equipment from from our group. Was he? Yeah. Well, I know, I know, I think we met him at the hospital when yeah. Beth was at that, that hospital. Yeah, he was trying to help Beth. Yeah, but from what I remember, though, like, he didn't, well, I don't know, that takes back on what I was going to say then, which was, I don't remember him stealing anything, but I don't know, we'll have to rewatch. When we rewatch, we'll, yeah, we'll get sure, back to it. Yeah, we'll remember it, but either way, we're not talking about Noah anymore. <laughs> Let's go back to season 11. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that scene reminded us of that, and... I think that's all I wanted to say about that scene because I mentioned about the door mm-hmm. possibly being in the floor. And then the next thing we go over, we, we're back to Eugene. Mm-hmm. So we're back over to Eugene. And to me, it kind of seems like they're separating them. And I feel like they're getting in Eugene's head a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because Eugene asks when the guards, like, no, my friend Yumiko's in there. And he's like, dude, no one's in there. And no, my friend's in that room. I yeah. saw them go in. No one's in there. Yeah. And then... Again, well, they're not like torturing per se but they're like definitely psychologically stressing them out yeah they're trying to get them to break well then then eugene is like well what about my friend she just went to the restroom and i mean he didn't say it exactly the way i'm saying it but this is the gist of it but he's asking about where his friend was that went to the restroom and the guard's like what friend and it's almost like they're acting like these people didn't exist Mm -hmm. so it's like then does eugene start questioning anything like if he if he genuinely is as stressed as he appears to be yeah and it's not just an act is he going to think, crap, am I hallucinating? Do mm-hmm. these people not really exist? Yeah. <laughs> and then after that scene, we're back over to Maggie and Negan's group, and Gage is reanimated. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess Maggie, I, I think Alden was saying, what a horrific way to die. And then Maggie kind of says, well, there's worse ways to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's referencing Glenn's death because Negan just so happens to be there. Yeah. Or if she's referencing the story that she's about to I, talk about. Definitely the story that she's talking about. I, yeah. I think at yeah. least only because, I mean, don't get me wrong, the way that Glenn died was awful, mm-hmm. but it was relatively quick. Yeah. With, <laughs> relatively <laughs> quick. 
I mean, how much did you feel after getting smacked in the head with a bat? Oh, I'm hoping that, that he was, like, pretty uh, delirious at that point. No, I'll find you. He freaking said, I'll find you. <laughs> That's horrible. He was with it enough to know. I'm going to say it was painless. <laughs> Let's go with that because I don't want to cry. Brain. Yes. But anyway, um, yeah, definitely uh, the, the story Maggie tells is obviously way too graphic to show. Oh, um, shoof. that Dude, ugh, gross. But yeah, it definitely shows why Maggie's so hard and cold mm-hmm. now. I mean, like anybody after seeing what she describes. Oh, dude, it sounds horrible. Would definitely be hardened after something like that. I mean, you would have to be like. Yeah, this this world is lost. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you come back from that? And how God, just to think that there's people like that out in the world. I yeah. mean, there's probably people like that in our yeah. current world. Do we, want, do we want to recap the story, or do you have a recap of the story on there? I don't really have a recap, but for those of you that watched the episode, you pretty much remember that her and Herschel, so Maggie and Herschel, were on their own for a while. They were they starving. Were, yeah, they were starving. They were they hadn't had food in quite a while. And then he found an old man that said, I think he said, like, he just needs some help with some things. So, he like, he could help with clothes feed. for his daughter to yeah. bring back. Yeah. And he's like, I'll give you some food. Yeah. So they were desperate at that point. And yeah. Then but she, Maggie knew dude, she, from yeah, the start yeah. that I mean, he was lying. These people, our people are, have been through some shit. They know mm-hmm. their gut is usually usually pretty right a yeah. lot of the time. So she, she was going with her gut, which was a good thing because I think she said she used the chloroform rag on him that he was probably going to use on her. And ugh, it just, they sound like they were cannibals, basically. Cannibal slash rapist. Yeah. yeah they, it sounds like they were like holding people. I, it sounded they, like they were, women. They were, they were, yeah, they were mutilating women, women yeah. and using them as sex Slaves, yeah, and, and then letting them get pregnant, yeah, and then as, what? As Walker, it, it was it was a really dark story. Yeah, I don't like I don't like that stories like, of rape. That just now, I've, I've never seen the movie, me. but it it reminded me of when you tell tell me about the story of uh, the Hills Have Eyes. Oh, I never watched. I when I saw the opening scene for that, and those mm-hmm. like disgusting people tried to rape that girl, instantly I turned it off. I instantly get nauseated yeah. when anything like that happens. So that that's what it reminded no me of. Me. And obviously, I mean like. I'm almost a little bit surprised that they even had that story in this. Me too. That's even that, that's a lot darker than anything that they've actually had on the show. Although they didn't flat out say the word rape, no, so it might, it's they they heavily so insinuated. insinuated though. Yeah, it's more so insinuated in it, uh, but it was pretty messed up. And she basically told Alden that, like you know, when I when I told you that story. I don't feel anything when I tell you about mm. that. And when I, she basically was saying when she walked in and she saw those girls like that, she lost part of herself. Like yeah. she lost part of her, her humanity. And mm-hmm. that one of the first things that she thought about after she put them out of their, the, out of their misery was, okay, if they were alive this long, there has to be food. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty messed up that she didn't even think like, I'm getting chills thinking about it, but it's pretty messed up that she didn't think about the terror these girls went through. Yeah. And I know you guys can't see it, but she has, <laughs> Goosebumps. I do. It's just messed up to think that you're living in that kind of world where you don't even think about that kind of crap anymore and you just mm-hmm. think, oh. You're in survival mode. Yeah. Well, and I think especially, too, she's especially in survival mode because she just Her locked son. her son downstairs mm-hmm. or whatever room because he's starving, too. Yeah. So, yeah, she's definitely in survival mode and at least she put those girls out of their misery, even though it sounds like one of them had turned already. Yeah. So I want to continue with that scene, but I want to jump back a couple a couple beats before Maggie talks about that story and just how they show Gage on the other side of the door and you can see that he's reanimated. And Alden kind of makes it a point to be like, 
so no one's just going to look at him. Like, mm-hmm. No one wants to look because you can see. They were that, ashamed. Yeah, you can see that they definitely looked over at the door, but they just, they don't want to keep looking at I'm it. I'm sure they felt guilty about it. Probably. And then even Gabe basically said something like, why? He died a coward. <sighs> and then I love that Alden was like, oh, that's a hot take, father. And he kind of said father in a mocking kind oh, of tone. yeah. Because really, if you're a priest, you should, like you said earlier, have some sort of compassion you know the idea of second chances exactly and um, forgiveness yeah and then you Redemption. just let a kid die and especially he's a kid how freaking old is he 17 18 mm-hmm. years old he's he's a kid he doesn't yeah. know that kind of stuff that i mean he should know what he did was wrong by taking yeah. the ammo bag but i was scared i mean he's probably still not even though he grew up in this world it doesn't seem like he's super hardened yet mm-hmm. in the field right maybe he was behind the closed walls most mm-hmm. of the time so Probably. maybe he's not hardened enough yeah and then at one point gabe looked over at negan he's like what is it and then negan just says bad memories and then sits down and then gabe is like about what he Wait. doesn't answer he doesn't but negan almost looks like sick to his stomach like he can yeah. puke and he like rubs his face like very stressed out and just he just looks sick yeah like what do you think he's thinking about I I was thinking either when he was with the Whispers, mm-hmm. walking around with the Whispers, you know, because he's surrounded by by walkers again. And then I think you might have mentioned, you know, maybe back being back in the prison cell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's back in a closed mm-hmm. space, you know, confined. Maybe maybe the prison cell. Yeah, it's possible. What do you think? Kind of the same thing. I yeah. think yeah. I he might be thinking about the Whispers and hearing the groans and moans from the mm-hmm. walkers on the outside because. You could see them hitting the glass, the windows and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, yeah, he's thinking about his time with Whispers. Yeah. What if he's thinking about Maggie being, you know, the ty- quote-unquote tyrannical leader right now? What if he's looking back at his, his rule reign. now? Yeah, his oh, reign. Oh, shit. And he's calling them bad memories now. Maybe he's <gasps> looking back at his oh, past and thinking... Yeah, those are bad memories now. Because he also just witnessed Maggie making that call and mm-hmm. killing that essentially innocent kid. Yeah, maybe he's looking at her like, is that how I was? Is yeah. That, is that, was that me? It's possible. Then? Yeah, he could be looking at that like, oh shit, Man, how many... Yeah, like how many innocent people did I put to death? And jeez, mm-hmm. like how many? That would be crazy to see if, they, if someone kept count. <laughs> yeah. Now going back to Maggie's messed up story that you talked about... Maggie seemed surprised that at the end of her story that Negan spoke up and he seemed to mm. get it. Oh, yeah. Like, that we're lucky and everything. Yeah. Like, he seemed to get it. I think she was a little shocked about that one. Yeah, I think I think throughout this episode, she starts to see... I think they both start to see how alike they both are. Mm-hmm. Or at least were at certain points. Yeah. Like, they might be uh, at different points in their story now, but they've both been where each other is Right. At one point. I, I know, know that was mean. a really confusing way of saying it. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Yeah, but I think Maggie's at where Negan was mm-hmm. when we first meet him. Yeah. And Negan's further along, but he sees her as he was. Right. I think I know what you mean. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> Replay that. <laughs> yeah. We're going to re- rewind the podcast. That. Replay it. I think I said that right. <laughs> I, I think I think our, our listeners probably understand it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking dog, man. I love dog. Yeah. But Jesus, he needs to be like <laughs> trained a little bit more or just listen because he's sending Daryl down that freaking gnarly ass tunnel. Yeah. He, there's no you're like, dog and dog doesn't come back. No. What the hell? I mean, <laughs> at least 
He doesn't even look back. No. I'm just, he just takes off. Yeah, he is just doing his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then Daryl keeps going after Dog, which I don't blame him. I don't blame Daryl. Oh, yeah. I would do the same thing. But I'd be like, dude, freaking listen. Mm-hmm. God. So, uh, do you have in your notes about Daryl having a flail? Yeah, I do. That was badass. Where the hell did that come from? I have no freaking clue. He just, like, whips out a freaking flail out of nowhere. Yeah. Was that in his backpack? Because, dang, that had to be weighing it down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, good aim, though. Pretty good weapon, though. I think I, I, I never thought of using a medieval flail mm-hmm. as a weapon for the walkers. Yeah. I feel like it would be good. It yeah. would be better than what I remember Jerry's huge battle axe Jerry. thing. Like, I feel like that was huge. And the mm-hmm. amount of time that it would take to get it back to get ready to hit yeah. the next walker is just killing some time. Eh, yeah. You can choke up on it. You can mm-hmm. choke up on it and use it, you know, more of a, as a stabbing weapon. Yeah. Um, the flail, they all have uh, they all have different attributes to them. Like the the big axe, obviously have a lot of leverage yeah. and length with it. But I think the flail is a little bit more compact. Mm-hmm. It's still a blunt object that you're you're hitting them in the head with. Also, a nice thing about the flail is it'll wrap around things. Ah. So nice. it's also really good against people if they have a shield. Mm. So oh, I see. Yeah, I see, I so see. it goes over and around a shield, nice, and hits them yeah, that from would behind. Be good. Yeah, so it, it that has its attributes. I don't know how often you're going to use that, but pff, I don't know. Daryl made it look good, and it, and I think anything really you have to use as a weapon in the apocalypse. Yeah, too. But yeah, I think that will be a good one because I like that it can kind of go around corners a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Uh, but then, yeah, Daryl saves Dog again, and mm-hmm. uh, then we hear, Daryl, help me, and it was the guy all bloody. I'm pretty sure his name is Roy. Roy, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he asked him, he's like, what, did you go topside? And it was a bad idea, and then he lost Gage, and then... Daryl, and the ammo, right? Yeah, Daryl's like, well, where's the ammo? He's like, I lost the ammo bag, too. It's like, ah, shit. <laughs> and then I was like, when we first watched it, I was like, well, what did he What did he get injured from? Were they, like, walkers? Was it the storm yeah. that was happening? And then fast forward to the end. the storm. It, I don't know. I don't know if it was the storm and maybe, like... It did like, seem like he was running, though, right? It did seem like he was running, so I don't know if maybe walkers got him. I, I think maybe he got, da- you know, hurt from the storm. Maybe. Tried to come back in. And then maybe he got pinned down by some walkers. It's possible. But, I mean, he's lucky he didn't get a, a bite. Yeah. It just seemed like he was bleeding from the facial area. Yeah. Well, yeah. They Jumping ahead a little bit in the story, they don't put him down. Like, they don't... No. No. They don't kill him. They obviously seem like, all right, well, we can, we can save him. Mm-hmm. They try to help him. Yeah. So... It doesn't seem like he got bit. No, it didn't. So he just had, I guess, some sort of just wound. And Daryl tries to patch him up. And Roy's basically like, just don't don't waste that on me. Just mm-hmm. tell my kids I didn't die a coward. And he hands Daryl the hand grenade and a gun. Yeah. And isn't it interesting how Roy's like, tell my kids I didn't die a coward. Yeah. And then go over to where Gage is in the, the train car and they're calling him a coward. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. what the hell? Like, what's up with the coward thing? I yeah. mean... I don't know if I would consider them to be cowards running away. I, if I were in the group, and I, I would be pretty pissed if our people ran away. Yeah. I, you, you could look at it two ways. Yeah, you could look at it as them being a coward, mm-hmm. or you could look at them as being... Okay, they're probably thinking Maggie is off the deep end. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to follow this. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be... A quote unquote cheap, or I'm yeah. not going to just follow blindly. Right. I'm going. I'm. I think there's a better course of action. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, so they kind of wanted to go out. Or at least that's probably what they tell themselves. But they were cowards. But they were cowards. What do they know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so I think the next scene is them fighting off. They they open up the gate, right? In the train car? Yeah, they're, they're still trying to pry open the door. And they're starting to get... Like, more walkers are coming in from behind them, I think, mm. too. Then they get to the one door where they finally open... They finally prop open the one door, and then there's another door right there. And you can see through the window that there's a chair of some sort that's blocking it. So there's mm-hmm. just no way they can get that open from that side. Yeah, they're banging on the door, trying to open it, and then they're setting up the flares. And I don't know, there's, the cinematography in this scene was just really badass, too. And then the door opens. It's the... They start realizing that the door that Gage is behind... Mm-hmm it's starting to come down yeah. a little bit. So they're kind of getting prepared and they're getting amped up and ready for that battle. Yeah. And they took Gage out first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They took Gage out it, first. This, this scene also reminds me of the Battle of Thermopylae, oh, which was, that is. that's from 300. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, it's been the, so long since I've watched Obviously, that. it's a real story. Yeah. But, well, you know, most popularly, it's it's from 300. You know, that's, uh, but the bottleneck idea where a small group can take a large group if they can send them through a bottleneck, essentially. Okay. So, you know, the train door is the bottleneck. Mm-hmm. The walkers are going to come through in a small number. That makes sense. And then our group can take them out. Yeah, that makes sense. More manageable, basically. Yeah. But then it leads you to think, could they have saved Gage? Right. Right. They could. Exactly. I yeah. know they could have opened. Well, yeah, I feel like they could have got the door open in time, let him in. Mm-hmm. And then they would have been able to. Close the door somehow. Close the door. Yeah. Yeah. So then they start taking, they took Gage out first and then they start shooting the other walkers that are, Mm -hmm. that are coming in after Gage with him. And Daryl hears the gunshots. So then he runs towards the the gunshots. Real quick. I I just thought it was funny that Gabriel was looking down the barrel of the shotgun with his bad eye. (laughs) Yeah. You made that comment when we watched it. What? Yeah. Again, you don't have to, you don't have to aim too much with a shotgun. Mm -hmm. I mean, you pretty much just point and shoot. Yeah. But I mean, obviously there is some aiming, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> looking, looking down the barrel with his bad eye. <laughs> Dead eye. Yeah. And then that goes to, like, Negan being a smartass. And, but, but going back to the first episode with, did God send you that message with the one eyeball? One or eyeball. direct your eye to the yeah. line? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, Daryl hears the gunshots. He comes running over to help. And they're getting the walkers from kind of both sides, essentially, mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And uh, that's when... Maggie seems to put her differences with Negan aside, mm. and she gives Negan a gun. Yeah, and he looks a little like, I don't want to say thank you, but it was just like a, a good little look between the two of them. Yeah. Like, I got, like, I think, like I think Negan said, yeah, I got this. Yeah, like an understanding of of sorts. You can trust me, boss. <laughs> so then Negan runs down, and he has some really good aim. And, and I was thinking, I'm like, he has really good aim, but he also has a small window there that he's like, the door is barely propped open, and mm-hmm. he's shooting through, so... I mean, how much aim do you really need, I guess, yeah. for that? But he did take a couple out, and it seemed like the one... It could have just been the way that they filmed it and the way I, I, I saw it. I don't know. It seemed like the one shot, he may have taken out two walkers at once. Oh, well, maybe. It may have gone through the the one walker and then went through that skull and went to the next. Their skulls are made out of butter at this point. <laughs> yeah. It seems like. Well, it seems that way when somebody just dies, too. They put a freaking yeah. knife through that skull so yeah. quick and easy. I don't... I don't know how accurate that like, is. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to put you down. And then they just, like, slowly stab them in the head. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Are our skulls that soft? I don't know. I've never tried doing that to anybody. I know. I'm, 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 it really makes me want to wear a helmet wherever I go. <laughs> Family guy. I understand that's the, the 
Oh, but where's the movies? Forget about oh, that. Man. So Daryl's in the train car now, and he's getting ready to this, rumble. This scene. Oh, dude. So he puts his crossbow. Love this scene. Yes, he puts his crossbow down. He puts his backpack down. He gets his handgun ready, and he starts he, walking. He lightens himself up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes it more, like, Agile. maneuverable. Yeah. And, dude. Okay, at first when I saw this, I was, first off, I was blown away. I had such a raging nerd boner. <laughs> and <laughs> even rewatching it. It was amazing. I love the scene. The scene, yeah. he's he's walking in from the right. They're panning the camera to the left. And then the yeah. music that they chose was epic, yeah. too. The, the show is always, you know, an action-packed... It's an always an action, uh, action-packed show. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's always an action-packed show. Yeah. But this felt like an action movie it did. sequence. It did. Like, this felt more cinematic. And do you mind if I just say, like... He's the apocalyptic John Wick. Yeah, we made that comment. Yeah. yeah absolutely. It definitely felt like a scene from John Wick mm-hmm. where he's just plowing through. Yeah. <laughs> with a freaking pencil. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't have a pencil. <laughs> but with the gun, just so such close combat, and mm-hmm. he's shooting everybody in the head. Yeah. Rapid fire. Yeah. It was super action-packed. That's every, that, That's what you want. Yes. Yeah. It, it was That was definitely what you want in... An action sequence. Yeah, definitely. And just, it's it's Daryl, too, so it makes it even more badass, because you already love Daryl, mm-hmm. and then when you see him handling it in such, like, an epic way. <laughs> Shush. So, when we first watched it, though, I was nervous, because I didn't quite understand what direction he was coming from. Oh, you... Th- I, I So, I thought he was, like, where, uh, like, Negan and Maggie and the group of them were pointing their guns towards mm. i thought negan was coming or i'm not sorry i thought daryl was coming that direction i was like oh snap you thought he was gonna get friendly fire yeah i thought he was gonna get hit by some rogue oh, bullets and stuff. that would have been awful yeah because he just hears the gunfire i'm sure he can tell where it's coming from but he might just say screw it and try and help his people anyway but i had gotten nervous when i first watched that and then i realized oh he's coming from behind so he should be good like he shouldn't be getting hit and then the way that they had it filmed too I saw it. It looks as though Negan kind of got a glance through one of the doors and saw Daryl coming, mm. and then because I guess at one point Daryl must have run out of bullets because then he went over to just using his his uh, knife and was stabbing mm-hmm. the walkers. I wonder if Negan, in the and I know in the heat of the moment, he's probably just thinking about that very second of everything that's happening and survival and stuff. But I wonder if he ever thinks back to how he treated Daryl and like mm. shit. What if I killed Daryl? Yeah, he wouldn't be here to save my ass right he now. He knew though. That he knew that Daryl was such a badass. Oh, That's yeah, why he, he, was an he refused to kill him. Mm-hmm. He always just he's, he he wanted to break him down and get him on his side. Yeah. Easy street. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Daryl was a total berserk there. Like, emptied out his clip, killed as I think as many walkers as he had bullets. Probably yeah. Uh, and then just finishing off the rest with the knives. Mm-hmm. And then he got through, and they yeah. chucked a freaking grenade. Well, he he gets in. Yeah, he moves that he moves that uh, chair that was blocking the way for mm-hmm. the other people. And then he moves that and opens the door all the way. Everybody comes running in, and then he closes it and says, "Get behind something." And well, he doesn't close it yet. He tells everybody to get behind something. And then that walker comes, and the hand grenade that <sighs> oh, Roy, yeah. the hand grenade that Roy gave to him just a little bit ago, he shoved it in his mouth. And I did get nervous because I'm like, "Oh, dude, watch your fingers," because like, <laughs> are you gonna get bit? And then you're gonna turn. So, jeez. So he. 
he shoves it in the walker's mouth and then kicks him back. That was pretty badass, mm. too. And then he closes it, and then he gets down behind something, too, and then it goes off. And, yeah. and again, when I first watched that, I was like, ugh, did the, did the guts just go everywhere on everybody? Yeah. But I didn't realize they it was in the... the yeah. yeah, I didn't realize it was in the other train car. That makes more sense, but I didn't pick up on that the first time around. Now we're over at our boy Eugene. Making a shiv. Making a shiv. That's what it looks like, anyway. Yeah. What was he going to do? Like, he's not the strongest. I mean, he's very, he's resourceful. Yeah. We'll give it to him. He is resourceful. Yeah. But, I mean, they're wearing armor. Yeah. You'd have to, like, stab him in a soft, soft spot. Yeah. And then, like, they always seem to be in groups. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But I understand his... I understand where he's coming from, too. Like, Try to be prepared. Yeah, exactly. Just be prepared. But that would... I wonder what would happen if they searched him and they found that. Yeah. Could he have gotten the crap eaten out of him? I would imagine. Yeah. So it was It was a pretty interesting scene. He's back in and he's getting interrogated again, it seems. And uh, I did notice that... I wonder if it was a huge scare tactic when the guy taking the notes... From what I remember, he took the notes, he got his pen out, and he laid out this... Uh, this like cloth thing that just mm. an organizer for like his pens and all that stuff. Oh, it's like torture. Yeah, it devices. looks like there's like a scalpel and all those types of things. Scalpel, scissors, and it's almost like, what are you gonna use those for? Which, which real quick, I mean, it's just me. He looks like Charlie Day. He does. For any of you that watch, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, he looks just like Charlie Day. Yeah, he does. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, that was a horrible Charlie Day impression. I usually do a better Charlie Day impression. Jeremy does, he, he likes to do impressions a lot. So you might hear us periodically. Uh, I eat stickers all the time, dude. <laughs> so Mercer seems to be kind of, I don't want to say losing his shit because he seems to keep his cool pretty well. But he's definitely. He might be getting impatient. Yeah, he's getting impatient with Eugene. He's basically calling him out saying he's lied this entire time. He's got to stop with that crap. Mm-hmm. and just he tells be, him an awful, a, a terrible liar or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Which, um, uh. <laughs> if he only knew. Yeah, I know. But damn, Eugene, he seems so freaking nervous. Mercer is super intimidating, though. Like, yeah. if I were sitting across from him, I would be freaking nervous as all hell. Yeah. And it's like Eugene is sweating and everything. And so Mercer has the guy taking the notes give Eugene a tissue. He's mm-hmm. like, mop up. And yeah. then you can't lie for shit. And then <laughs> Eugene's like, I'm not going to lie. And yeah. so he kind of goes on again. And Mercer asks him, like, where's your settlement? And why were you at the train station? If you lie, I'll know about it. Mm-hmm. And right. go ahead. I'm sorry. Real quick. Yeah, I just... Not to make another reference of who the people look like, but I noticed that Mercer reminds me a lot of Rhett, uh, yeah, Rhett McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's ever watched... Good Mythical Morning. Good Mythical Morning. From YouTube. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of <laughs> Rhett. He does. I can um, see but that. But more intense. Oh, God. Way more intense. Way more intense. Yeah. Yeah. So then Eugene starts going on, and it's interesting because is Eugene lying throughout this entire thing is he putting on a front because we've seen it in the past with the saviors and all that i don't know if he's lying about being a virgin (laughs) maybe maybe not there's nothing wrong with that either way yeah but it's just i don't know how much of this he's he's fibbing about i mean obviously he we know he's lying about some of the things because he knows where the settlement is but he's not saying where it is but as he goes on with the story you almost see Mercer softening a little bit. Oh, yeah. You could start seeing, like, oh, damn, this dude's a little pathetic. Like, I feel a little bad for him. Yeah. He, it's kind of like, okay, okay, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. And then I love that Eugene says that he's he's a virgin. And uh, 
that he's observed quite a few times, and he's like, thank you for holding back your tears. <laughs> <laughs> your Snickers. I think he says tears. I think he says tears. No, no, no. Wasn't tears? It was titters. Like laughs. Oh, I mean, it's possible. Thanks for holding back on your laughs, basically. Okay, so About being a virgin. See, I heard tears. Titters. I'm pretty sure it was titters. I think Eugene has a weird vocabulary, so it's, it very possibly could be yeah. titters. So, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I'm not to cut you off. But, um, yeah, we wanted to say we love Josh McDermott. So freaking much. He seems like the nicest guy and his act. We, we love him. Yeah. We hated Eugene in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we kinda, Josh McDermott. Yeah, we touched on that a little bit in the first podcast. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but we... We had talked about our love for Josh McDermott mm-hmm. in the first podcast, but man, I love him so much. Mm-hmm. He does a great job as Eugene, though. Yeah, Eugene is annoying as all hell, though. Yeah, yeah, but he always comes through. He does. He does. I always bet on Eugene. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they talk about the virgin part, and they kind of look up a little shocked, and uh, it just it seems like they soften a little bit. Yeah. And then I think they kind of transition over to Eugene with a bag on his head and he's in the carriage mm. and they're, he's taking him to the train car and he's crying and stuff. And they're reunited. Yeah. That was a good reunion too. It was. Everybody was okay. Mm-hmm. They're smiling. They're like, oh, it's good to see you and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He asks like where everyone was and stuff and he asked where uh, Ezekiel was and he said, I was up in like medical and stuff and they gave me cough syrup. Yeah. And I'm feeling a lot better now. So like, did they check his goiter? Yeah. I wonder if it was... Uh... Oh, you know, I'm just I'm I'm just realizing this now. Now I don't know what princess did. Did they all get accepted one by one? Yeah, I don't because, know either. Because Ezekiel stood up to Mercer and started talking, you know, more truthfully mm-hmm. to Mercer yeah. right off the bat. And then he I think he was the first one to disappear. He pretty, was, yeah. But he was the first Eugene one. He was the first the one to disappear. I wonder if he got accepted. Uh, I mean, well, he was in the hospital. He, he got, he got moved. He got. Yeah, he was in the hospital. That's true, but they moved him, mm-hmm. and then Yumiko. I wonder if they brought him to the the hospital because he had that coughing fit. Maybe, but Yumiko went next mm-hmm. because she kind of stood up too. She, she like, did. yeah, she she got up and you know, stood her ground. Yep. And then we don't know what Princess did. No. But she kind of dis- well, yeah, she disappeared she too. She went to the bathroom, so and then that's the last whether... we saw her. Yeah, that was the last. And then Eugene was the last one, probably because he was so timid. They probably felt that he was still holding back. Yeah. I wonder if they felt that he was still holding back. That's why he was the last one. And then they when he opened up, yeah, he was kind of the the linchpin. He was the one that they're like, all right, all their stories check out. Mm-hmm. We're going to accept them into you know. The fray. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they learned that they were accepted to the Commonwealth. And uh, <laughs> I love when Mercer goes over to Ezekiel and uh, he's like, I went to West Point, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Mercer. I hope, yeah. I hope we're going to continue to like him as we learn more about him. Yeah. I, f- I feel like he's going to go against the rest of our group at one point. I'm and scared. we're gonna not like him so much. I hope Probably. not. I, I do. I, I do like him. Yeah, he seems cool so far. Definitely super intimidating. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, we'll continue to like him because, again, like we have already said quite a few times, Jeremy and I have not read the comics besides like skimming through them. So we don't know how he is in the comics. I've heard that he hooks up with Princess, so I feel like Princess wouldn't wouldn't yeah. do anything with him or want to be friends with them if. He was kind of screwing over our people. Yeah. 
And then at one point during the scene, uh, the, the train door opens again and a girl walks in and she's like, which one's Eugene? <laughs> and he raises his hand and, oh my God, it's Stephanie. Finally. Yeah. They finally get to meet her. She's yeah. pretty. She's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's super cute. I can see them being together. She looks a little nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started, I, 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 as excited as I was, sorry if I just got like, blah, blah, blah. As excited as I was when she first walked in, I was like, yay, oh my gosh. And then I was like, oh wait, no, crap. Could this be a setup? Like, right. Does this whole thing be a setup? Because, yeah, yeah. like, she set the location. Yeah. So. Well, I think we know now. I think we know now that she does work for the Commonwealth. Yeah, she definitely does work for the Commonwealth. But, again, with Eugene's story, which was great, mm-hmm. you know, he, he explains that, I well, yeah, I told Stephanie that I came from a larger group because I wasn't, I was afraid that she wasn't who she said she was, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That so he's he, still kind of keeping He covered cover. all the bases, I think, yeah, with you're his, right. his speech, yeah. which was great. So now they are accepting, and they're like, yeah, you get to meet her now. Go ahead. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's true. And maybe true. she maybe she did genuinely have some feelings. I, I, I'm i I'm saying that she does have I'm, some feelings for him. I hope so. Yeah. Because it would be nice to see Eugene with someone and happy. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. So after that reun- reunited scene, we're back to our people down in the subway area, the train area. Mm-hmm. And they're coming about above ground now. And you can see that the storm is over and it's nice and clear. And you can hear the crickets because it's nighttime and mm-hmm. everything. And then then some of them, like Daryl, starts to sit down. And he just like, he looks very deep in thought. Like, yeah. what do you think he's thinking about? Because it looks like he's holding that $100 bill with the kid's note on it. Yeah. Well, it's been a long day. Yeah. They went through a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was just going through the ringer there. Yeah. But yeah, he seemed pretty emotionally drained yeah. after seeing what the world went through. Yeah. I wonder if it was just a a reminder of everything they lost. Maybe. You know, like, oh yeah, the world wasn't like this before. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like another reminder of like where everything was before, yeah. you know, the fall. And I'm curious, too, because Maggie, at one point in this scene, she asks him if, she asks Daryl if he saw anything down there. And he basically just said, nah, basically the same stuff that you saw. Why Mm. not mention all the murals that he saw? Why not mention the guy sitting there on the ground with the huge, the the briefcase with $100 bills? Like, that's, I don't know why he didn't mention that. Maybe it was just irrelevant, you know? I guess. Didn't really matter. I guess. Like, yeah, we knew we knew the world went to crap. Yeah. We knew all this, pretty much. Uh, I, I do want to say, like, I, I may have said it earlier in the podcast, um, I think I did, about Daryl seeing that picture with the two kids on it and then the bunny rabbit and that yeah. ha- the stuffed animal and that happened to be the same one that Maggie picked up. I think I did mention that in the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode, though. Now, what are your thoughts on the exchange between when Negan gives Maggie the gun back? Yeah, well, <laughs> he holds onto the gun. Yeah. Like, it's not just like a, okay, he doesn't just give her the gun. I think if she if he just gave her the gun, she'd probably take it back and put it in her bag, bag or, whatever. or whatever and not think anything of it. He holds onto it just long enough for them to exchange a look. Mm-hmm. And I think he gives her a look kind of like, are we good for now? Yeah. And then I like that a little bit later... Yeah, just like a little tiny bit later, she asks uh, if he knows where the radio tower is. Yeah. As if to say, we're cool for now. Yeah. Like, it's sort of a truce, and mm-hmm. then she kind of confirms, yeah, truce. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I liked that they, I liked that when he handed her the gun, they held it 
together for a couple of seconds and then definitely made some eye contact for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that eye contact definitely said a lot too. Yeah. Things cooled down th- a little bit. There was a little bit more understanding between the mm-hmm. two of them. A little bit more forgiveness maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like there was a little bit of forgiveness going on there with the exchange of that. And then like Jeremy had already mentioned with Maggie mentioning the supplies that will rest up and then we'll venture out that way. And she asks Negan if he knows where that is and kind of in an inclusive way too. Mm-hmm. Like she says it in a, not like, Oh, so you, do you know where that is? But mm-hmm. she says it like, Hey Negan, do you know where this is? Kind yeah. of like including him in the conversation and making yeah. him feel more included. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, yeah, inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked it not in a demanding way. Right. She asked it in a a way to sort of signify, all right, you're part of the team right now. Yeah, help the group. I'm I'm accepting you as part of the team. Mm-hmm. Do you know where this is, honestly, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then he says, yeah, come on. And then she nods and she gets up to follow him. It was, I, I like that exchange. Yeah. It, it's, I, it was subtle, but yeah. subtle, but I, I, I think it's subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Other people would probably look at it and be like, dude, that was like a brick to the head. <laughs> no, I think it was little bits and pieces here and there, too. It, it, was, it wasn't super duper obvious, but it was, I mean, if you paid attention to their exchange and if you could pick up on people's mannerisms and whatnot, I feel there was a big significance in, in him saying, yeah, come on. And then he leads the way, she nods, and she follows him. Mm-hmm. So normally she wouldn't do that pre this whole everything that has happened but i feel like he kind of proved himself to her a little bit and he's been proving himself all these years to these people but she's been gone for so long so she still sees negan as the guy that killed her husband and that guy that was forcing everyone to scavenge for food and scavenge for supplies and barely keep any for themselves Mm -hmm. but give him everything and give his people his saviors everything yeah so she's still seeing him like that she doesn't see him as how he's been beneficial and how he's helped the whisperers yeah. or I'm sorry, helped with helped our people with the whisperers and taken down alpha and stuff. So I think she, he kind of made up for some stuff. Yeah. I think, I think she might be replaying everything that's happened and maybe she's like looking back and seeing that, yeah, she was running a little hot. She Mm -hmm. was going outside her means. Yeah. And I wonder, even though I'm sure she's still pissed at Negan, letting her go, you know, just letting her fall to the walkers. Yeah. But I wonder if she kind of looks at that now as more of, like, a, a quote-unquote check. Like, oh, like you check, gotta, checkmate you, type of deal? No, no, no. Like, you got to check your spot. Like, you pump the brakes a little okay. bit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Negan was, like, probably banking on her dying. <laughs> yeah. But it was more of a, look, you got to check your role. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta back up. I'm, I'm trying to help. Yeah. But you are really running with this a little bit too aggressively yeah i agree and And maybe she sees that now maybe maybe so then after that they start walking and you see the people hanging on the sides of the streets yeah and negan said something like wow this place really went to shit since (laughs) the last time i was here and it jeremy and i mentioned this video game in our previous podcast Mm. but the the video game the last of us yeah this really reminded me of the last of us yeah Yeah. especially yeah the second one I think, yeah, the second one, definitely. Yeah, there were a lot of bodies hanging in that one. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) it was funny because when they started, like, seeing our people walk down the road and stuff, I was like, oh, Roy made it. And I was like, oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. They they went through all that trouble saving them. Like, okay, Roy's good. 
And then he gets shot in his one good eye. Yeah. His last good eye. Well, was by, it even his good eye or did he just, I think he, he got, got shot. shot in the head. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he got taken out, though. And, I was like, oh, dang. And so we see a bunch of Reapers mm-hmm. walking towards him. Yeah. It reminds me of, even though I've never seen the movie, it's from the 70s, I think, The Warriors. Oh, yeah, we did make that reference. And I think yeah. Chris Hardwick talked about that, too. It was weird. Yeah. Like, it's weird. They, they make a lot of references. I'm like, man, this, it looked just like a scene from the Warriors with all of them walking down the street. Yeah. And then, yeah, Chris, I think Chris Hardwick does mention that. I think he does. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. So, man, these Reapers, they seem crazy. And I'm hoping that we'll find out in the next episode yeah. what they're about and what's happening and stuff. Frickin' A. Tell me that our people, they don't have crazy PTSD. Oh, I know. You know, it's like no matter what they do, they just get over a huge dramatic thing, a huge emotionally and physically draining thing, and then it's the next one. Mm-hmm. Like, dear Lord, these people never get a chance to just chill. And for any group to just, like, automatically... I mean, I, I understand being cautious, mm-hmm. but for the Reapers to just go out and kill our group... Yeah. Like that, not knowing anything about them... Yeah. Like, you gotta question... Like, they could be an ally. They could be an asset to you. They could yeah. know something. Why go in guns blazing mm-hmm. just to kill them all? Yeah, and... Our people walking through, they didn't mean anything. They didn't no. mean anything by it. They're not going in to try and steal your stuff. No. They're going through to get somewhere else. Like, yeah. they just happen to be on this road that you've already claimed, apparently. <laughs> claimed. Man. That they've already claimed. Our people didn't know that. Right. So now you're just going to go and just start killing them and stuff. And, yeah, so Roy gets an arrow to the head. And then I don't know his name, but then one of the other guys, mm. he gets, like, a huge throwing knife thing in his thigh. Yeah, like it looks scythe. It's like a fighting scythe. I'm not sure is what Is that what that called. is? Because it almost looked like one of those things that rock climbers use. Yeah, um, a pick. Something I think they like just that. call it a pick. Yeah, pick. but he gets that thrown in his thigh. And it, his hand, his arms must have been down, like, at his side. Because then that it looks pinned. like he... Yeah, it looks like he grabbed his hand, too. Like, with his good hand, he yeah. grabbed his other hand, so he must have gotten some fingers cut mm. off with that one. He starts getting dragged away by our people to get to safety, so yeah. hopefully... But but judging by the trailer for mm-hmm. the next episode, it looks like we're going to kind of answer some of these questions from the last part of it. Yeah. Do you think uh, Do you think the Commonwealth is going to go up against the Reapers, or do you think, mm. or do you think that it's going to be our group from Alexandria that's going to go against the Reapers on their own hmm that's a good question i don't know because we don't know how big the reapers are yet we don't know how many people there are because it just looks like if all the people they have are the ones that were walking in the the street might have been like a little small exactly there might have been just about a dozen or 20 people or something like that so maybe ours could take them out it seems like they do work at night Mm -hmm. because if they're the same people that maggie talked about by the time you see them yeah you're already dead so they seem to do really well at night so i don't know if that means it was a good pep talk by the way what the hell yeah we're gonna go after the reaper (laughs) by the time you see them you're already dead (laughs) it's like oh great i have a lot of confidence in that one uh but i don't know do they have some sort of night vision goggles Mm. i i would love to have in, in this apocalyptic world yeah. night vision goggles slash heat vision mm. goggles if if they're finding enough batteries for all these flashlights, flashlights. at this point <laughs> yeah. i'm sure they could probably find some batteries for a heat yeah uh, infrared yeah vision yeah which would be perfect especially because now you could see who's alive and who's dead yeah right you could, you could yeah you could walkers pick up, unless they humans. still unless they have a fever mm. some i know some stories you know the walkers mm. have a fever you know, I don't but know then, if I've ever thought about if walkers are cold or not. Yeah. I think I would just assume they were cold. Yeah, I know. That's what because, I think, Because, like, too. dead people get cold, yeah. but... Mm. But I'm sure I'm sure it would show up in uh, infrared. Maybe. Which would be awesome. 
That would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a huge advantage to have those. Yeah. Hmm. So you think that wraps it up? Um, I think that's the end were, of the episode. Well, there were some questions from the Talking Dead. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I mean, we kind of already discussed this a little bit, but did Maggie make the right call with Gage? I don't think so. I don't think so I, either. I think, I think that was her cold, calculated side that was making that decision. Yeah. I think if it were Maggie from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think she definitely would have tried to save him. I agree. She would have fought for that a little bit more. And this leads me to my next question of, do you think that Maggie would have opened the door if it was Daryl on the other side and not Gage? Absolutely. I don't, yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that she yeah. would try and get it open for Daryl. Again, I think the a, a big part of her reasoning of letting him die was because that he chickened out. Yeah. He was, she felt he was a coward. Mm-hmm. She took, or yeah, he took the uh, ammo. Yeah, and the supplies. And the had. supplies. I think that was a big reason. She felt that he was a liability yeah. at that point. Yeah. Daryl has never been anything but an asset oh, God, in yeah. the biggest sense of the <laughs> the word. Yeah, even in the beginning when we first first meet him in season one. like yeah. And then we meet Merle, too. Uh, you realize they're brothers, and you're like, ah, crap. Because yeah. <laughs> Rick handcuffed his brother to the freaking roof of that building. Uh, but yeah, even at Darryl that point, was, I'm sorry. No, Daryl was like really built for this world he in a really lot of was. ways. Yeah, I mean, he knew how to hunt. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say, visit. Yeah, verbally and I think physically abused by his brother and his and his family yeah. previous to this. Yeah. So he did. He already had some psychological scarring. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, he knew how to track and all that. Yeah. Man, I love Daryl. <laughs> I love him so much. I can't wait to get into uh, the like season one, Daryl. And then as it progresses, and then you can see how Daryl and Rick become closer and closer. Mm -hmm. I love that relationship so much. And again, this will be something that we get into more in depth when we start rewatching the seasons. Uh, But I, it broke my heart to see how Daryl was handling Rick being gone. Mm. And because it was up in the air for so long. Daryl didn't know if Rick was dead. Daryl didn't know if Rick was alive. So he just kept yeah. searching. and It hurt him really bad. It did. So Probably more than his actual brother. Oh, absolutely. I 1,000% agree because even though Merle was his blood brother, I feel that Daryl found Rick to be more of his brother mm-hmm. than his actual blood brother. And a good moral support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a good, he was a good guidance. And mm-hmm. he was just a good role model, really. Yeah. And, man, Daryl just became such a great asset to the team and it sucks it sucks but it's it's interesting because daryl isn't even in the comic from what we yeah. know yeah 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 so this part was just made in the sheet the tv show so i wonder if they always had daryl or i'm sorry if they always had norman reedus picked out for this role yeah because i i feel like at one point we knew that answer but i don't remember now so we'll have to we'll have to find that out as we rewatch everything so one more thing i want to say about from the talking dead they had asked, do you think Daryl will prove Beth right in the end and be one of the last men standing? Because on that, on this episode of The Talking Dead, they had Josh McDermott, who plays Eugene. They had Emily Kinney, who plays Beth. And they had Lauren Cohan, who plays Maggie. Uh, so they asked that question. I think they asked Beth that question. I think so. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you, do you think Daryl will survive to the end? Mm, I hope so. I hope so, too. Will he be the last? That would be interesting if... <sighs> If they end the whole series with him recounting it. I don't know how they're going to end this all. I, I, I had an idea Me too. at one point, Me but too. that has been proved wrong. I'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, I, man, I would be shocked if they killed him now. I, I'd be heartbroken. Me too. So I, I think I, he'd I have a lot of piss off people too. Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely rooting that he's going to be one of the last people mm. alive. Me too. Me too. And we've also heard rumors. Now they're just rumors. We don't know if it's real that there could be a spinoff with Daryl and Carol. Mm. So that also makes me think that could. It also makes me think that maybe they won't kill him off because yeah. it's almost guaranteed that he's going to make it yeah. if if it's going to be a continuation. Yeah. If it happens to be a, like, if they start going in depth with anything with uh, Negan, yeah. or I'm sorry, with Daryl, with what he's been through throughout seasons one through eleven, yeah. maybe they'll go more in depth. But I feel like they also don't want to revisit that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe they will. I don't know how they're going to do it. Those two, Daryl and Carol, mm-hmm. they have a lot of emotional baggage from really, really early on. In just before the apocalypse. Before the apocalypse. Yeah. And they are both massive badasses yeah they are they like, are carol <gasps> I, I mean know. we're gonna get to some amazing episodes with carol she's like one of the best characters she really is absolutely and i love seeing her transition too from being oh, yeah. so meek and oh i can't wait to revisit starting at season one when we start when we first meet her and yeah like, i'm maybe, excited for that maybe the second or the th- no, we don't meet her in... Yeah, maybe the second or the third episode we meet her. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's obviously definitely season one. So I really can't wait to to meet her again there and us discuss it in a podcast. And mm-hmm. then see how she progresses. Yeah. And she gets stronger and stronger and more independent. Yeah. Man, she's a great character. So I don't know. That might, that might wrap it up for this talk of the episode. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of our Dead Talk as we discuss The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 2, titled Akron Part 2. Tune into our next podcast when we discuss The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 3, titled Haunted. We hope you'll come back to listen to that one. Bye. Bye.